listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did that not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Parables podcast. I am your host, Tyler Sanders, joined as always by my steamy mm. and feminine co-hosts, Isaac and Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'm confident in my masculinity yeah. hey, to say there are it, feminine it, attributes. Embrace yes. the woman are in they, all yeah. of us. Are they both steamy and feminine or is one steamy and one is feminine? I'll let the audience at home be the judge of that. I'd probably have to be the one that's feminine, I guess, because I wear my mom's pearls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are joined today by a very great special guest of ours, a friend of everyone on the show. Minus Tyler. A steamy short stack over here. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Every time it's about my height. Jared Harder. <laughs> Welcome Thank to you. the show. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing in life right now? What are you hoping to do in life? You know, all that junk. Yeah, so currently in grad school here at IWU, and so I have to deal with these two losers. Mm-hmm. Just so everybody Every is clear, it's Noah and Isaac that are the losers. Correct. I am not. You don't deserve that title. <laughs> there we go. Because I'm, you're right, because I'm so much better. Thank exactly. you. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in grad school, uh, hoping to go into ministry but after this year, finish up my uh, degree in practical theology. All right. Mm. Become cool. a master. A master. Master, master. Um, <laughs> looking to do some youth ministry afterwards, and then we'll Sweet. see where God takes me. Wait, very cool. Very cool. Well, Jared, you know the show. You brought a scripture for us. What's that scripture? All right. If everybody would like to turn with me to Colossians 1. Gosh, dang it. Of course you're on this. You're on this, bro. I I should almost drop the Bible. Let the word of God fall to the ground. All right. And we've been smitten. We will be starting in verse 9. Smitted. Oh, boy. 1 verse 9. Yes. Um, And so, for a little bit of context, because context is key. Amen. Um, this is right after Paul is talking about how thankful he is for the church in uh, Colossae, how he's they're doing such a wonderful job. And then he goes into this and he says, For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. I can't read. What up? I'm Jared. I'm 19. <laughs> uh, That's in awesome. Ev- in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving thankful, joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Dang. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Oh. Who's got one for this? I think I have one for this. That's um, right. A little interesting. So I had to double check that uh, we were going off of this. So, you know, Paul starts off with, you know, we haven't stopped praying for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And 
obviously he launches into uh, some stuff about heresy, and he he goes in, he goes into the Colossians a little bit here. So my my thing is, especially in this political environment we find ourselves in, oftentimes people are so politically polarized they can't even bring themselves to pray mm. for the people that mm. disagree with them. Yeah. Or they hate them to such a degree that they would kick them out of whatever association they were they were in together, whatever that looks like. Mm. So if Paul, who is like, you know, uber Christian, like he's the he's the he's the Mac Daddy Christian, right? Besides he, Christ. Right. You know, you know, Paul and Christ are right up there. No, just kidding. <laughs> JK. Whoa. So um so in this way, you know, Paul could very easily kick these people out, but instead he gently corrects them, but starts mm-hmm. off with, I'm still praying for you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I still want mm-hmm. all of these different things that I list out for you yeah. mm-hmm. to grow in and things like that. So that's what comes to mind first. That's so good with that. Um, my whole thing was that it starts with prayer as well. Mm-hmm. And it starts with prayer. And you took it that way. And how I see it and how it plays out is everything that he listed after comes from that, right? Yep. So that, um, and so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And how is that done? Like they're praying for them to be filled right. up with the spirit, to yeah. have the knowledge and mm-hmm. understanding of God, to bear fruit. We know that is by the spirit. And so again and again, we see it. It is all by the spirit renewing yep. us and it being being within us, dwelling inside of us and making a new creation to walk in a manner pleasing to the Lord, yeah. right? With faithful and righteous acts yep. led by the Holy Spirit. So when we were when he's reading this, the my translation says in verse ten, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. My immediate thought was Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know why, but listen to this. <laughs> All so right. two hundred million dollars a year is how much he's getting paid now. So we know that there's these there's these athletes, these players that have all the talent in the world mm-hmm. but have no work ethic, right? Oh. Cristiano Ronaldo has all the talent and all the work ethic, mm-hmm. but yet. Over a simple feud with his coach, he's not playing in the World Cup right yeah. now. And so I was just thinking of this idea Yikes. of like, wow, there's yeah. the, he's talking about bearing this fruit and right having a spiritual wisdom and, and understanding. It's like not just having the ability, but also having the amount of effort to do it. Yeah. Right? There, no relationship is built just off of ability alone. That makes no sense, right? right. A relationship is built off of time and effort, right? You're the, the Augustinian definition of love, right? I always forget what it is, but it's the alignment of the will with the desire for union. Yes. It it requires a movement Mm -hmm. and action. Yeah. And so when I'm reading this in Colossians, it's not just saying like, oh yeah, God set you free. God's grace is here. Now, now do something about it. Right. right? It's not just sit and accept that gift and then never do anything with the gift. Mm. Right. Gifts are meant to be used to be enjoyed, but yet so often we get stuck staring at the gift and not getting up off our feet and doing something about it. That's Mm. good. That's good. That's That's good. good. Yeah. One of the main reasons that I chose this passage is because it talks a lot about that doing. Uh, A lot of people, when they think about faith in Christ, I often hear of just, you know, we think of that one-time prayer. Like, I've accepted Christ in my life. I'm great now. Mm -hmm. But Paul is asking for them to grow in knowledge of his will, to understand what God desires for their life, to understand what their purpose is. And so it's not just this one-time prayer where, you know, you accept Christ into your heart and then you're cleared for the rest of your life. No, it's meant to be a growing process. You're meant to understand who God is. You're meant to understand what scripture says. And in doing so, you're strengthened mm-hmm. to do works for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for yourself, not for, you know, your own fame, but for the fame of God. Ooh. Yeah. 
That's so yep. good. And I love how he ends it, you know, giving thanks to the Father joyfully, right? Who has qualified us to share in the yep. inheritance yep. of the yeah. saints of the light. Like, That's good. Just what a reminder. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to even this whole process, in everything in the Christian life should be bathed in prayer. But just yeah. talking about the process of coming up with a sermon or what to preach on, it. I don't know about in your homiletics classes, but mine with yeah. uh, Professor Dave Ward. Shout out to Dave Ward. Great guy. Got him first semester. Hey, let's go. So Not first semester of uh, freshman year. <laughs> so Dave Ward, he it just lays into this idea that the homiletics process, which for those that don't know is the process of preaching, it's the the study of preaching, all that. It starts and is bathed in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the infamous Dave Smith, yeah, uh, another famous Dave, yes. always says, like, it's like step zero in, when you study the Bible. Boom. Step zero is to pray, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a prepared heart, then yeah. it's just going to fly over your exactly. head. And it's modeled for us in Jesus and Paul. and P- It's everybody models it in the Word. So yep. why don't we model it now? Exactly. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Thanks, Thanks, for, Thanks for, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that Word. And as you guys know, on the podcast, we go, we start ourselves in the Bible to root ourselves in Scripture, and then we go to the random topic generator. Let's go. And so let's go to this generator. And a random topic will be popped up on the screen, and we will give sermon illustrations. Are we ready? Yes, sir. Ready start it. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> a cowboy lasso. Ah. Hmm. Okay. Isaac, do you know what a lasso is? Yeah, it's yep. Ted. Yep. Ted. Ted Lasso, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a cowboy hat. Yeah, That's what yeah, it is. Exactly. I, I have a feeling that this topic might have been a little aimed at me. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, a little why, bit. Why is that, Jared? Um, for those of you that don't know, I am from the great state of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Out in the middle of the sticks. Oil. With, oil. I do say oil. Oil. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do own both a cowboy hat and a lasso. Oh. You own a lasso? I do. Yeah. It's a... Uh, head rope for team roping. Uh, no one knows what that means. It means so <laughs> I heard you lost me. There's two different types of ropes in team roping: one for the head of the cow and one for the feet. So when in team roping, one person ropes the head and then pulls it, and then the other person ropes the feet. So the head rope is a little looser. The, t- the foot rope is a little stiffer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, little, that 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 lays some see, context. It, yeah. yeah, that's good. Have you guys been to have, a rodeo before? No, I've watched no? them on okay. like ESPN. They're a great stuff, time. But it's it's fun. They're gonna say on YouTube or something no. like you weirdo. No, like late at night, like ESPN. What are they gonna show? Sports Center again? Nah, no, they're gonna show riding. the rodeo <laughs> and the bull riding. Yeah. Oh man. So, oh, you, okay, days. you wanna? I'll go for one. Meemaw. <laughs> Meemaw. <laughs> That's what I call my grandma. So. Meemaw. Meemaw. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna be honest. When I just thought heard cowboy lasso, I thought a lasso, and I went to Wonder Woman. Hey, oh, the lasso oh, of truth, the baby. The lasso of truth. And so what happens, you could probably describe this better, but I'll give my sure, yeah, feeble go understanding. Ahead. Yes. It's just when you are entangled or wrapped around with the lasso of truth. When you're entangled with Wonder Woman, yes. yes <laughs> oh, you, are, you are compelled to tell the this truth. This is true, yes. You have to tell the truth. Yes. Mm. And it's much like I think of our lives when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. We are convicted yes. to tell the truth. Yes. It is, I can remember times when um, there were. it started out with these big lies that I would tell. Mm. And I would, honestly, like there were sometimes I can recall like a burning sensation in my heart where I'm just like, dang, like this is wrong. Yeah. But now 
as walking more in step with the spirit, it becomes all lies. Yeah. Not just those big ones that are obvious that you can see the effects from right away, but right. the little ones. Yeah. You know, when it comes to with schooling and different things like that. And then you start getting this conviction mm-hmm. from, from the spirit where it's like, no, you have to tell the truth. Yeah. No matter what it brings. And that's that's where I went with this. That's good. Jeez, did you want him to stop or something? I mean, sometimes I'm like, this predict dude- when he stops, but I just I never know. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He needs to learn how to actually listen and not wait to talk. He's mm. he's listening oh! to answer, not listening to listen. Exactly. That's a good word. Sorry, I just. All right, so <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna praise God. Act like it didn't happen. Uh, so hallelujah. <laughs> I got you with my lasso. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, when Jerry was explaining what a, what a, a lasso was, what a, a cowboy lasso, right? And he was talking about his own. Is it he head lasso? And head, then, yep, yep. And so there's there's different kinds, right? But mm-hmm. in my feeble understanding, I was like. Oh, it's just like, you know, the, the classic lasso that you see often. Like, right. Like but Indiana it, Jones. Right. Like, if you, it's, not, it's a win. It's a win. But you can, you can take a lasso and you can look at it and you can, be, you can almost convince yourself, okay, this can be used for a lot of different purposes. Right? It can be used maybe to tie somebody up. Right? It yep. can be for different purposes. But it's not being used for the purpose it was created for. Yep. And so I, was just, I just thought about how God has individually created all of us for a specific purpose. And something that we talk about in Coffee and Calling, shout out that podcast, Isaac continuously talks about how people call out other people's callings. People call out other people's gifts, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes a random stranger that says, hey, I think you should go to ministry. Like that's that's my impression of other people. That is so much more valuable than maybe just coming to it on your own conclusion that's sometimes. Nice. So that's kind of where my mind went because this is honestly a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. Yeah. There. There was no way I was prepared for that impression. <laughs> like at all. Oh, snuck in there. Snuck hey, in Tyler. There. Okay. <laughs> so here's, so, okay. Typically, what is a lasso made of? Rope. 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 Right? So a rope. It's like your question. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I was like, I said, I thought rope in my mind, but I'm like, what is rope made of? Uh, <laughs> Street. No, no, no trick. Trees. No trick question. It's just a rope, right? But it's a rope is not just, it's not just a lasso, right? You have to tie it in a certain way. You have to form the rope in a certain way so that it can be used for the purpose of being a head lasso or a foot lasso or whatever, right? In order to lasso, <laughs> in order to lasso something, you have to prepare the rope to do that task, right? Yeah. You have to, you have to form, the rope has to be formed mm-hmm. into the shape of a lasso. And let me tell oh, you the that. The preacher voice is coming out. That, that Lord of ours. Amen, sir. Preach he, it. He will mold us. He will shape us. He will purify. He will form us. Amen. Amen. He's got me feeling something. Does he need a napkin to wipe off the sweat? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. What are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I got. I'm I'm gonna sneak in here before he can do anything else. Go go for it. (laughs) Uh, When I first saw this, the the thing that just came to mind was, you know, that idea of like you have the outlaw like running somebody down throwing a rope around them and then tying them up. Kind of yeah. like what Noah said. Red Dead Redemption 2 style. Amen. Love that game. Mm. Uh, but I think of this idea of almost we're running away from God. Mm. Of, you know, sometimes in our own self-inflicted, you know, state, whether we've accepted Christ or not, we're fleeing from God. Mm. And so 
it's this idea of God doesn't just leave us stranded. He doesn't let us just flee from him, but he's continually chasing us down. He wants us. Mm -hmm. And when we fall into back into sin, when we've accepted Christ, I just picture God, you know, on top of a horse, just coming and roping us down, which is an odd picture. Now that I think about it, Jesus is riding a horse. Riding on a white horse. Yep. Oh, he's coming. Oh, he's no. coming. But then just roping us and pulling us back to him. Yeah. yeah. And so this, just the, not this idea of, you know, a uh, outlaw Jesus just roping you, but <laughs> this loving God pulling you back into his arms. Facts. Facts. Yeah. I got I got one more for this. Okay. Just of course, of course you do. So I have a question for you, uh-huh. Jared. Do you think I could just pick up a lasso and do it perfectly? Absolutely not. Probably. No. Does it take <laughs> Does it take a while to actually be good at it? It does. To learn how to use it? It does. And so why do why do we treat the sword of the spirit in such a way? Mm. Whereas in like I don't spend time with it. I uh, don't study. I don't even read it. I, I'm not. And you uh, expect just to know how to use and it. I expect to just know how to wield the sword. Mm. It's good. And so when we come into these spiritual battles, we're not even in a ground where we know how to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you have to spend time with the word. You have to dive into it. Learn the scriptures because when Jesus was tempted, he just used scripture. Yep. Yeah. And so did Satan. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? This is a challenge for everybody that has never done this. Read the Bible cover to cover. Yep. Facts. Yep. Get in with some good friends and do it. Just launch into it. Noah and Jared, when they were going through high school and all that youth group, they did it together. They did it in a small group with their youth pastor and things like that. And they've read it over and over and over again. And it's, it's something that it not only gives you life, helps you know how to handle it better, Mm -hmm. but it roots you when it's time to go into ministry. Because if you're not rooted in the word and you're rooted into whatever culture says, you're rooted into whatever someone else's interpretation of scripture, that's the feelings, feelings, all of that you will be on a shaky foundation and that yep. foundation will sink eventually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Build your house on the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right. That lasso has been used Let's fully. Get it on. We beat that dead horse. All right. <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. They are <laughs> all of these are aimed at me, huh? <laughs> oh. Welcome to the Redneck well, episode I, I of Modern Power. I have also hunted People before, go hunting. Jared. Thank you. People go yes. hunting. Hunting, hunting, fishing. Mm-mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Meemaw. Okay. Growing up, deer hunting was just part of culture with my family. So all my brothers and I, we've all hunted multiple times, shot, killed uh, deer, not humans. That's mean. Um, But one thing I always said was to always, we don't just hunt to hunt. We don't just kill to kill. Yeah. There's a purpose behind it. There's a reason for it. And not only that, but when you go out into the woods, you are, you have to be quiet. You know, you can't be blasting music. You can't have noise because mm-hmm. any slight, you know, dis disruption, the deer's going to hear, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're not sitting in the right direction, they can smell you. The wind will come and your scent will blow yep. and then they, they're gone. Right. Um, and so you learn how to fit in, to blend in, but you also realize out in the woods that there is nothing else besides you and your thoughts, besides you and the trees, you and that one annoying squirrel that won't, you know, stop rustling the leaves. Right. Hate those. You squirrels. are by yourself. Yeah. And in that moment, you can decide, am I going to waste my time and think about nothing or am I going to be productive? Yep. And something that we're learning a lot in college is how to take a desert day which or, or taking mm. alone time with God. Some people absolutely hate going and deer hunting because it's boring and it's a waste of time. But yeah, I think there's an intentionality and a perspective that you can change in order to meet the creator because 
we have so many distractions. We live in such a busy world. Yep. But yet when we go out, there's there's something different. So this is just my challenge. This is just whatever. But go out. I know hunting is, you don't have to go hunt something. Yeah. But take time for self-care and soul care to go spend time alone mm-hmm. with God, being intentional in it. Hunt after the Lord. Mm. Mm. All right, I'm going to sneak in here before anybody else can. My hand is on the <laughs> um, So oftentimes with hunting, you're going out in the woods, you're sitting down, and they call it hunting, not shooting for a reason. Because if you every mm. time you went out in the woods, you shot something, it, it wouldn't take any preparation. It wouldn't take any work. No. And so oftentimes, I'd say a good, what, 98% of the time, you see absolutely nothing. Not a thing. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've sat in a tree and stared at nothing but tr- birds, trees, squirrels, and haven't seen a single deer. And so translating this into our spiritual lives, so many times we read the Bible, we pray, we take alone time with God, and we don't seem to experience anything. That's yeah. good. And so people just start to give up. Oh, man, that's really good. They're like, I'm seeing no benefit from this. Yeah. And so they just say, obviously, God's not there. He's not talking to me. I'm not experiencing anything from this. Mm. So it's not good for me. Yeah. I'm going to slide in there real quick to go All off right. of that. Yeah. I'm not going to touch a button. But if you, if, you go tref- if you go trophy hunting, right, if you want something huge, yeah. you have to pass up on so many small things. Right. Yep. You have to, like, there's nice deer that come in that you have to wait on. And I think, you know, right, those, those big, big moments do not come often, right? Yeah. You can have these small yeses, these small deer that come in and say, yeah, well, maybe, maybe. But if you really want, yeah, we, we always idolize this mo- like mountaintop experience with God. Like this is Christianity, but yet you don't shoot that trophy deer unless you spend time right. and energy and effort. So yeah, I, that, was, that was great. Yeah, and no, just you go to, for it. Just add a little just more. Just add a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes when you go hunting, you will see does, you will see smaller bucks. And- if you want to take that, you can, but in doing so, you lose the opportunity for a bigger moment. And yeah. so we can get distracted by opportunities that may not be bad things. We can spend time with friends. We can spend time with family. And in doing so, we may lose focus of what our ultimate purpose on this earth is. We may lose focus that we're not intended to you know, find pleasure in this world. We're intended to serve God. Mm-hmm. And so if we seek after you know, money, if we seek after, you know, fame, then we're going to lose our ultimate goal in life. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be good things versus bad things, right? Or it, it can be good things versus great things. And you can say no to the good, but yep. yes to the great. Yep. But you got to say no to the good before the great can come. All right. Now I'm going to say something completely different off of this. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Some people hunt just for the sport of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't do anything with the deer, right? They don't mm. they don't harvest the meat, they don't pet peeve. Yes. Yep. And then there are some really egregious hunters that just shoot something and leave it there. Illegal. Mm. It's illegal in most places you hunt at. But the Native Americans, the Indians, when they would hunt, they wouldn't hunt unless they were going to use every yep. scrap of everything from that creature. Mm. So they would hunt bison and, and buffalo and all that, and they would use every scrap of what they're, when they go out and hunt and yep. stuff. And if we are not, if, if we're hunting in the word, right, and we're taking our verse of the day, right, 
what the Bible app tells us is just the verse of the day, right? That was my impression trying to go uh, off what yes. you were doing. Yeah. So, Sadie Robertson. Yeah. It's whatever the coffee cup verse of the day is. I'm going to read that. But you miss out on all the meats. You miss out on all the, the really good things of the word of God. And you miss it by just hunting for the little bits to encourage you, right? Instead of the things that will deeply, deeply, deeply drive you towards Christ. The Hobby yeah. Lobby verses. The Hobby Lobby verses, exactly. That's yeah. fire. It's good. Put those are my mom's <laughs> wall. <laughs> are we ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay, let's go. For sure. And stop golf. golf. Mm. Worst sport known to man. Hey, that's, not even that a hurts. sport. <laughs> Isaac, are you good at golf? No. I'm not good at golf. I like to drive the golf cart. Mm. That's it. I would say if I think, I think though, if I played it a lot, I think I could get okay. We know. That's, that's we what know. everybody thinks. <laughs> we, no, you're like a great athlete. Do. We know. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. No. But it's just so expensive. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to play a sport that I have to pay to yeah. go play every single time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Play disc golf instead. I mean, uh, yeah. Disc golf's good. Yep. Um, there's also something called fling golf now. Oh. It's a mix between lacrosse and golf. I'll get I'll get into all those sports when no, I'm thanks. not actually an athlete anymore. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, when you're when you're Sorry, 60 no. and you can't, you know, your elbow's broken, you know. <laughs> so, um, but with golf, you have so many different clubs that do so many different things. 13 to be exact. Golf clubs, not strip clubs. Nobody was thinking that. No one was thank going you, there. Thank you, Noah. Okay. I just want to be uh, clear. 13 clubs to be exact. 13 clubs. Okay. So you have irons, you have wedges, you have putters, you have drivers, you have woods, you have hybrids, all of those different mixtures of clubs, right? And they all do something specific. They all do something like the driver hits for distance. The putter is used to do the short game, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have all the things in the middle, right? And uh, I know we've talked with some of the current, one of the current cohorts when talking about leadership and, and structuring a church and things like that, that, you know, you don't just hand people lawn equipment. You don't just hand them tools. You don't just hand them a driver when they're in the fairway and just say swing wildly, right? You teach them exactly what club to use when. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes leaders in a church want people to know exactly what to do and how to do it every single time. But they don't take the work of teaching somebody how to use the club, when to use the club, mm-hmm. and how to execute. That's so good. Yeah, it. Come Dang on now. It. Praise God. <laughs> so Jesus Christ is our mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll explain, I'll explain. So mulligan, right? I'm saying that right. Yep. Yeah, right? you're okay. saying it. So like when you have a bad shot, say you have a mulligan, it's basically like a redo, right? Yeah. You you can get rid of that bad shot. Yep. And so in a sense, right, Jesus Christ being our mulligan, I'll get to explaining it more. It's just like when 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 we do something wrong, when we sin, right? There there's verses, um, first John two one, I believe it is, it says though, like if you do sin, Jesus Christ is our advocate. Yep. Right? His blood has paid for that. Mm-hmm. He has washed us clean from our clean clean from our sins. But the thing is when we think about that, um, Paul talks about how we can get in this mindset of abusing the grace. Yeah. It becomes cheap grace is what yes. Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about. Is where, oh, because his grace abounds, I can keep on sinning. I can, or in a sense, like if you had infinite mulligans, you could keep taking bad shots. But that doesn't make any sense when you use this analogy. Because even though there are mulligans, you don't take a bad shot on purpose. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not sitting here like I have a mulligan, so I'm gonna put it in the in the water, or I'm gonna put it all the way over to the right, and it doesn't work. No, you're still aiming for the goal. You're still pursuing it. But even when you do mess up, even when when you do hit a bad shot, the mulligan is there. Yeah. Even when you when you are pursuing yeah. Christ and you do mess up, He's Christ there. is there. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So I I'm bad at golf, man. Yeah, we know. He's really awful. Bad. So I I played baseball for years. Just does not translate. I actually played with Jared. First time I played disc golf. Uh, every, every first time ever. Wow, words. First time ever playing golf. Yeah, I played with Jared, and it was horrible, just atrocious. Mm-hmm. And so, we went to Top Golf for a bachelor party, mm. and I was like, oh, I hate golf, man. So I'm I'm swinging left handed, and it's just like it's just not it. Like I'm yeah. not kidding you. The whole point of golf is to hit the ball away from you. I managed to hit it straight like across from me. So if I'm aiming right, I pretty much hit the complete opposite. So I almost hit the people that were teeing off next to me, like the median. It, it was it was horrible, <laughs> right? So I go to play top golf again yeah. at another bachelor party, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me! This is sucks." But my left elbow was kind of hurt, so I was like, "I'll just do right-handed instead." <laughs> I kid you not, I I went top golf right-handed, and it was just like butter. Like I w- I had some guys teach me some things and I could do it right-handed way better than I thought I could. Yeah. Right. I was like, funny. I was so adamant. Like I am left-handed. I'm way better left-handed. I will be better. And I was completely wrong. Mm. And I'm, as we're reading acts in class and, and something God's been teaching me is sometimes we have it so stuck in our head that this is the way that God has intended it. Yep. That we don't allow room to switch it up. Yep. I, I, I am not right-hand dominant, but for golf for golf purposes, I am, mm-hmm. which makes no sense at all. But to God, it does make sense to why he does things differently than you would imagine. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, sticking with your idea of like bad shots, right? Golf, they say, is the hardest mental sport. If you if you want to call it a sport. I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't, Isaac. It's a hobby. <laughs> it's a very expensive habit. And that's so right, yeah. When you have these bad shots, when you shank your drive five miles into the woods... You have two choices. You can. I know where this is going. <laughs> do you know where this is going? Uh, yes. I, what you're going to be able to do. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. What What happens is you have two choices. You can either choose to get upset about it. You can snap your club over yep. your leg. <laughs> you can start cussing up a storm like some people do. Or you can choose to accept the shot that you've taken and do something to make it better. And when you get up to your ball, some people will be deep in the woods, and they're like, I'm still going straight for the hole. And oftentimes that doesn't work. You hit another tree, you end up deeper in the woods. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is you have to recognize that you've made a mistake, and now you have to do something different to fix it. If you go straight for what you're going for, it's not going to help. You sometimes have to punch out. You have to do what's called taking your medicine. Take the extra stroke, and, you know, that might mess up the hole. But... Overall, it'll make it so much better. And so in That's our good. spiritual lives, we we make mistakes sometimes. But if we keep aiming, if we keep going the same direction, that's oftentimes that doesn't help. When we mess up, we have to be held accountable. So we have to, you know, talk to our friend. We have to talk to somebody that knows us well and they can tell us how to fix our problems. Yeah, exactly. That's and good. going further, you practice how to not make those shots again. Mm. And so like... In tennis as well, like everybody wants to practice what's fun. They want to practice their serves. In golf, everybody wants to hit their driver. Nobody wants to practice chipping, putting, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that is what makes you a much better player. You know, yeah. Yeah. like half of your shots are around the green. 
but nobody wants to because you're sitting there, you're putting for like two hours yeah. and it's not enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to practice how to get better at the stuff that is truly important. That's good. I think we have time for one more. One more? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go. We have plenty of time. Let's go one more. And, and stop. Coasters. coasters. Not roller coasters, but like coasters that coasters. you put on a coffee table. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I want to revisit this at a different time, but I want a new topic. So do I. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do another one. And stop. Dumpster <laughs> fire. Okay. Okay. This might be better. <laughs> dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you know what dumpster fire is. It's when you light a dumpster on fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm just stalling. Have Isaac. you ever have you ever heard that at the end of the year they call it a like 2020 was a, a dumpster, dumpster fire of a year, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. have you ever seen a dumpster on fire? It stinks. It's mm. trash on fire, mm. right? It's disgusting. Mm. You know, All right. I'm going to go. Uh, I used this kind of example um, in the past before, but, you know, for, for new listeners, yeah. listen to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one I feel like applies really well. So let's say, um, let's say when your life gets put on fire mm-hmm. in the sense of like things are going wrong, mm-hmm. um, what is the smell that your life is producing? Ooh, or in the yeah. or in the sense is like when things go wrong, you know your character gets shown. Or in sports, it's when you lose a game is when you find people's true character. It's like yeah. when the things are going wrong, when they're not supposed to be going how you want them, then we start to see what's actually going That's on. That's good. So you light a dumpster on bar. You you really everybody can tell what's inside yeah. the dumpster. Like Dang. you see a dumpster and you kind of know from the outside, like yeah, that's a dumpster. But then when it's lit on fire, you really get to know yeah. that it smells bad in there. That 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 it reeks that things are dead. Yeah. And so like when your life gets set on fire, when mm. things don't go your way, it's like is it smelling awful or is it lifting up a pleasant fragrance to the Lord as your body as a living sacrifice? Dang, that's really good. I don't think I can top that one. There you go. We can also go to another topic if we yeah. want. Yeah, I want to. Let's yeah. do one more. Yeah. Let's do one more. God, that was really good. And stop. Sandals oh, workshop. Okay. Sand. There's plenty of babies. In the workshop. I'm one of them. Santa baby. <laughs> for, the, for those that are not watching on video, Jared is uh, five foot. Oh, yeah, 4'11". Okay, yeah. There we go. 5'3". <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, Santa's man. workshop. Um, Hot dog. Um, okay, so this is something. Uh, it, for, has everybody seen the Santa Claus movie? With Tim Allen? With Tim Allen. Yeah. yeah. The 1999 version, right? Okay. I have is seen that the one, one where he's on drugs? What? No, sorry. Dude. It's the one where he becomes Santa. Stop being so out of pocket, bro. Yeah, bro. What's going sorry, on? Sorry, Tim Allen had drug dealer. Sorry. It's a movie. We're talking about a movie. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay, thank you. So, obviously, Scott Calvin, Tim Allen's character, becomes Santa Claus, right? Mm. And Becomes fat. Yeah, he, he basically has an accident with the Santa Claus, right? And then he becomes Santa Claus, has to deliver all the presents. Then he asks a reindeer to go home takes him to the North Pole, right? Then this is where he's told all about the, the the things of the job, right? He's like, hey, listen, this is these are the responsibilities that you're being called to, right? Mm, that you've on. been called uh, to, right? And then what is what does Tim Allen do? Does he accept it with open heck, arms? No, he doesn't. No, he runs from it. Like yep. Jonah. Yes, that's right. Like Jonah. Oh, he man. runs from it. And let me tell you. Oh boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but 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 in the movie, he keeps running from it, running from it, running from it until finally he leans into it. He accepts the calling that's been placed upon him 
and he leans into it and he does what the elves describe in all the movies as the most phenomenal job as Santa Claus, right? Mm. And in the same way, when we're called, especially to ministry, when we're called to something like this, it the call into ministry is so much bigger than any one person. You know, Santa Claus, right? It's so much bigger than Scott Calvin. For us, it's so much bigger than us. The Lord of the universe is selecting us and calling us out to do something extraordinary, to be something extraordinary. That's not to say that we're not ordinary human beings, but we serve an extraordinary God Amen. who prepares us and gives us all the, the, the tools we need to accomplish That's good. the job. That's good. So Santa's workshop, uh, they, they prepare all year for one day. Yes. All day. For yes. all all year for one thing, right? Uh-huh. You got elves working there, they're making toys, putting, you know, all these things, right? They are keeping track of the naughty and the nice, right? They're 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 all of this stuff, right? No one ever talks about that. Yeah. Right? No one ever talks about the little movements, the things that happen day in and day out. They all just talk about it's Christmas, right? It is <laughs> it is the time where Santa has come, right? Like yep. that that is the big thing. That is the that is the shebang, right? In the same way, no one celebrates the seeds that are being planted. Yep. No one celebrates the small stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll only celebrate, oh, you are saved. Thank you, right? That's we should celebrate that, right? We should celebrate that. But yet, sometimes we emphasize the salvation so much that no one's planting seeds. Yep. No one's yep. doing the work, right? The, the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. The laborers are few. Yep. And yet we want the salvation moment, but we don't want the work that gets to take, right? Yep. We don't want the work that's that's going to get there. Because that, that could take years. Yeah. Yep. And and you have no idea the the impact that you may have on somebody that you've met for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, a simple smile and a nice word and a kind word can be like, wait, why they do that? That's right. And that's it's, it sparks a journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I, I have nothing for this one. Yeah. Jared? I think I'm at a loss here. Okay. Yeah. I think that Let's was it. The last one. Do we have last one more? Can we Let's can see a little speed one. round? Speed round. Let's so the way speed rounds work, you go yeah, as fast stop. as you can. Missouri. Oh. Missouri is misery. <laughs> you got to hit the button, then say it. Missouri okay. is fire. So Missouri I, is sin. Got it. <laughs> Amen. I just have to drive through Missouri every single time I go back home. And Missouri is single-handedly the worst state. Sorry to anybody that lives in Missouri. Uh, but I hate driving through Missouri. <laughs> hate it. And so oftentimes we have these moments in our lives where we have to spend lots of time doing something we don't like but ultimately that gets us to where we're going Mm. and so when we have to do these things we don't like when i have to drive through missouri to get home it takes time it takes me what five hours through missouri awful but it gets us to where we're going and so in our spiritual lives when we are driving through missouri when we're going through the depths of it (laughs) it makes us better that's facts All right, so Missouri is a place um, that I have not been to really. Um, <laughs> You're lucky. But <laughs> have you but, heard of Missouri? Yes. Okay, good. But I do have a friend who is there, and he's studying for chiropractic school. Oh, um, yes. And he is he is a dear friend, and um, this kind of made me just think of him. And it's like, dang, I, I actually really miss him a lot because he was a close friend. No one knows him very well, brother. And he was, yeah, true brother in Christ, and one of those people that you just form a fellowship with. Because of the spirit, yep. you know, and so I miss him a lot, and it makes me just thinking, and I cherish the friendships that I have and the relationships I have that have been formed by God, yeah. as God has placed into my life. But I also think as a representation of 
God has give him, given him like an assignment where he this is his passion and he's pursuing God in that and his call right is to disciple people and he's doing that in chiropractic stuff and but then I also think about my friends in in Costa Rica who I was there with for for missionary stuff and I'm like I could never see them again mm. but it's because we're all pursuing Christ yeah. and we know one thing we have to sacrifice is the fact that we might not be able to see each other here again because we're pursuing God and we know for each other that when God asks us to do to do something it's not a question anymore it's a yes and I'll go. Yeah. It's obedience. And many times that leads you away from your family, mm-hmm. from from your close friends. And you just have to rest in the fact that they are following God too. And yeah. you'll see them again in eternity. But sometimes you just miss those. And so it makes you grateful for the ones that you have now. Yeah. When driving through Missouri, there are a lot of hills and ups and downs, right? And Jared and I drive through all the time, right? And when you drive through it, you're going to have to climb a hill and you're going to have to kick up its RPMs and then yep. once you reach it, you gotta go straight back down, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't be at that mountaintop. And so the cliche like Hills and Valleys, right? The whole Tornwell song, like yep. you've got the ups and downs in your life. Missouri is just a physical embodiment of that. Yeah. Jared has gotten a wreck in Missouri, so I think he's also slightly biased. But you have lives in your you have you have times in your Christian life where you you'll be on the mountaintop and then you'll be in the valley. Yep. And yeah. you have to remain steadfast and dive into the word. To understand that and to know that more and more. Yeah, it's good. All right, close it out. Mm. Okay. I have, I have a I have one fun fact about Missouri and then my actual of course. Nothing's fun about Missouri. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a city that is shared between Kansas and Missouri. Does anybody know what it is? Missouri. Wrong. Kansas city. city. Kansas yeah, City. No. Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri is, you know, one giant city that's divided in half. It has two separate mayors. Huh. Which state does the Kansas City Chiefs football team reside in? Kansas City, Murray, Missouri. Missouri. On the Missouri side. Wow. Not even on the Kansas side. Isn't that wild? That's awful. Okay, that had nothing to do with what I was going to say, but I just had to <laughs> drop that fact on everybody. A divisive so, kingdom will fall. Boom. And that's what I was going to go with something like Actually, that. You know, we need to be one body united, you know, because two different mayors, you know, because every ship yeah. has one captain. Right. Not. Two, two captains. Has, has anybody ever heard of a successful voyage with two captains? No. Neither have I, right? The that's, two natures in Jesus Christ. Not captains on a ship, but thanks. <laughs> okay. That's just like St. Louis is also in Illinois, and that's because Missouri's just such a bad state that they can't even keep their, city, their cities to themselves. All right, anybody listening from Missouri, we love you and we want you here. <laughs> Maybe just come to Indiana. <laughs> Jared won't be on the next episode. You listen Jared to the next episode. Jared won't be here next year, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So then the other one is, you know, there's the Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It, it, it welcomes people. I thought that people. was in California. <clears throat> Isaac. Wait, wow. I, thought, I thought that was McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry. The Golden Arches. Okay, anyway. Um, so the Gateway Arch was created as a way to welcome people into the Midwest of the United States it's, as they're traveling down the Mississippi River, it's right? It's the Gateway to the West. It's the, the, oh, there you go. Maybe it's the other way around. So it's the gateway to the West. Whatever the gateway arch is supposed to signal, right? It is a signal. Mm. It is a beacon. It mm. is. It declares the direction you're going. And much like you know, in Exodus and in in the in the Old Testament, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. What is the beacon we're following? Right. And, and not only that, but what are the markers along the way that we can see that God is with us on that journey? And mm-hmm. God is the one that's guiding us. So that's good. That's, that's good. it. 
Dude, what do you bring us home? Hey, you Ninth know. inning closer. Hey, Mariano. Struck out the side right there. <laughs> Jared, I know you hate Missouri, but... That's, uh, hate Missouri, but I love the people there. Yes, yes. <laughs> hate the sin, not the sinner. Just live in a bad state. <laughs> hate the sin, not the sinner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's just a little freebie there. But, Jared, thank you so much for... For bringing uh, uh, an amazing attitude about Missouri <laughs> to uh, our yes. modern parables yeah, and, thank and you the, guys. the beautiful wisdom that you have, Jared. And so thank you guys for tuning in. We will have episodes. So stay tuned and we'll see you guys next time. We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more modern parables.